Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. of people go to parties one one person you know wants to stay forever and talk to everybody there the other wants to stay just a few minutes and leave quickly the problem is they're usually married to each other and that's what our clip was about we're so different charles preached for me last sunday and he went home, they're putting their house up for sale, and then he and Penny flew back. Uh, she left him in Dallas. She got off the plane in Dallas, and then Charles went on to Orlando to speak there Friday night. And when he got to Orlando, there was a voicemail on his, on his phone, so he checked the voicemail, and it was Penny saying, when you get to your motel, you're going to get a big surprise. And so when he got to the motel and he opened up his suitcase, he realized he had Penny's, his wife's suitcase. (laughs) And she had his. So fortunately, the thing in Florida was casual, so he just wore what he had on. And then he he drove here last night and he borrowed my shoes because Penny's shoes were not appropriate. And some other things we won't get into that uh, he, he needed. But just realizing that when you went, I could just imagine looking into that suitcase, realizing there's nothing in here I can use because we are so, so different, men and women. man told me last week, he said, you know, my, my wife divorced me for religious reasons. She worshiped money and I didn't have any. One lady said, the only thing my husband and I have in common is that we were married on the first day. Beyond that, nothing in common. One, one lady said about a bachelor, she said, a bachelor is a man who missed the opportunity to make a, a woman miserable. And that may be the attitude of uh, some, uh, some women out there. So many women have gotten, you know, everywhere I've been this week, I've gotten some comments by women uh, about some things I've said, got a couple of letters from television, uh, and somebody even said uh, that, they, that I was uh, setting women up to be abused, uh, so she was just demonstrating my sermon, she was an example of my sermon, uh, but nobody has a higher opinion of women than I do, and uh, so and my theory is, you know, if the hit dog always hollers, hello, so if I hit some, you know, tough spots last week, within well, our week before last, just uh, uh, do the best you can uh, with it. Speaking of dogs, here's what a woman wrote. Dogs sprawl on most of the, the most comfortable piece of furniture in the room. They can hear a package of food being opened a half a block away and can't hear anything that you say to the dog. They make noises when they eat and at other inappropriate times. They can look dumb and lovable all at the same time. They growl when they're not happy. When you want to play, they want to play. When you don't want to play, they want to play. They leave their toys everywhere. 
They want to sniff every female who walks by. Dogs are tiny men in little fur coats. <laughs> see, I'm glad to get the women back. See, I mean, see, men don't laugh. And because I've been on the women's case, you haven't been laughing or clapping. And so I thought I better say some things you like, just kind of get you back in the, uh, in the room here. I, uh, I heard about this guy that uh, was a, a, a true story, uh, Thomas Wheeler, who's the CEO of, a, of an insurance company. He and his wife pulled off the exit at a little filling station and a uh, small station, and the guy put gasoline in, in the car. And uh, while he was filling up the car tank, he realized that the, the station attendant kept talking to his wife. And then uh, when, he, when he finished and, and, and paid, he realized that the, the, the man said to his wife, I enjoy talking with you. It's good to see you again. So when they got in the car and, and started to leave, he said, uh, I heard what that man said to you. Did you know him? And she said, well, yeah, uh, I knew him in school. And in fact, we dated for about a year. And the man said, well, I ought to show you something. If you'd have married him, you'd have been the wife of a service station attendant. She said, no, if I'd have married him, he'd have been a CEO and you'd have been a service station attendant. <laughs> well, it's estimated that 90% of, of relational problems in marriage happen because two people approach life in contrasting ways. They're opposites. They think differently. They feel differently. They express love differently. They handle stress differently. They approach problems differently. They travel differently. Uh, you know, it's, when Lee and I travel, it's amazing how that we, you know, I want to focus. I want to drive. Uh, she wants to knit and talk and listen to music. At the, at this, you know, the, all of it going on at the same time drives me crazy because I want to focus. She wants to stop a lot. I want to, you know, I want to make 500 miles before sundown. And she wants to stop at the restrooms a lot. Uh, men don't like to do that, not because they're trying to bust a bladder. They, 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 they when, when, when they're stopped, they realize that all the cars they've been passing are now passing them, and that bothers them because they, they're so competitive. So, so we just travel differently. You know, he's looking at the cars, she's looking at scenery and all those kinds of things. We dress differently. We shop differently. A man can go to, uh, to, to Dillard's to, to buy a pair of pants. It takes him uh, six minutes, and uh, he spends uh, $60. Wife and go to Dillard's to get a pair of slacks, and it takes six hours, and several more stores are involved, and it costs $360. So we shop differently. Every, we're so different. We bathe differently. Uh, you know, we could just we could talk about the smallest room in the house, the bathroom. Have you, have you noticed in, in most bathrooms now that you have a his side and a her side? It's because we're so different. We have our territory in there. And if you've got a if you've got a if you've got a, a, a television in your bathroom, she wants to watch GMA. You want to watch watch Fox News. You see, even in this little tiny room, you think about it. 
I mean, one wants to squeeze the tube at the bottom and roll it up like it's supposed to do. The other wants to find any fat spot in the tube and just squeeze it. One wants to floss after every meal. The other wants to floss annually if he thinks about it. One wants to use mouthwash, the other chewing gum. One wants the toilet lid up as you just saw, the other wants it down. One wants tile, the other wants carpet. One wants to bathe twice a day, the other thinks that it's against one's religion to bathe more than once a day. One wants the towels changed daily, the other once a week is fine. One wants all the medications in one place, the other just wherever they land, they land. So you, you see, in, in the, if, if you have that many differences in the smallest room in the house, think what happens in the rest of the house. We're so different. Have you ever faced your husband or wife and, and you, you know, just looking at them and you, and you thought, we would have a good marriage if it weren't for you? And I know you wouldn't say that, but just the thought came to you. Because you see, it's, we, we always think it's the other person who's not pulling his share or her share or doing his part or her part. It's, we won't play the blame game. It's like the little boy came home from school with a black eye and his mother said, what happened? He said, it all started when he hit me back. And that's what we want to do. Some of you get that tomorrow. That's what we want to do. We, we want to fix blame instead of fixing the problem. Well, well, God would tell us to stop blaming each other and start blending our differences. The reason we want to fix and change one another is because we are so opposite. 90% of the couples that I perform ceremonies for are opposites. And, and so they're going to have to understand. You see, we, we marry opposites because we are, are attracted to our opposite personality. If, uh, if you're an emotional person, you're attracted to a, a logical person. If you're a quiet person, you're attracted to, to a talker. Uh, if you are a, a serious person, you're attracted to someone who's, who's a lot of fun. If you're introverted, you're attracted to one who's, who's extroverted. Here's the problem. Before marriage, opposites attract. After marriage, opposites attack. And that's a problem. I was in uh, Dallas, uh, and uh, we taxied out on the runway and uh, revved up the engines and sat out there a little while and revved up the engines and sat a little while longer and revved up the engines. And then we went back to the gate. And we stayed there about 30 minutes, and then we left again. Well, after a while, the stewardess came down the aisle, and I said, what happened? We went out there and revved up the engines for a while, and we go back for 30 minutes. Now we're back out here. What happened? She said, the pilot didn't like the sound of number one engine. I said, what did we do? She said, we changed pilots. Well, that's kind of our attitude toward marriage. We just want to change and get somebody else instead of trying to deal with the real issues. You need to understand you've got a choice. You can see your husband as a dud or as a cool dude. It's your choice. You can see your wife as demonic or a delightful dame. It's your choice. You can see your husband as defective or as different. You can see your wife as weird or wonderful. It's a choice. I want to mention three things about differences. 
And I want you to understand, you know, you know this is, I'm, I'm talking, telling you, we're dealing with 90% of the problems. That's why we're taking so much time with this. And I gave you some sheets at that uh, if the sermon gets boring, you can read it during the sermon. But you can take, I wanted to give you all this stuff. It's just too much for one sermon. So you can take that and, and look at it from a man's perspective and from a woman's perspective. Because I want you to understand differences. Three things. Number one, we are to acknowledge our differences. The Bible says male and female created he them. Gender differences are normal. Your wife is normal. You need to hear that. Your husband is normal. We can expect to be different. I like what Gratchel Marx said. He said, I am a man. You are a woman. I like that arrangement. Well, it's a good thing. We're different by creation. God made us different from the beginning. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, not Eve and Evelyn. Today, we're trying to reverse God-given roles. Listen to me. There are fundamental differences between men and women that cannot be denied and cannot be glossed over. And it may be that America's biggest sin and biggest mistake in my lifetime is the acceptance of the homosexual agenda to blur God-given differences and to redefine marriage. That's a fight worth fighting. We go back to Adam's acceptance speech. When, when God brought uh, Eve to Adam, in our language, Adam said something like, wow. Had she been like Adam, he would have said, yuck, or boring. So God knew to make us different. We also need to understand that men are different by chemical bath. Not just by creation, but by chemical bath. Between the 18th and 26th week, something happens in the male brain that forever changes the sexes. There is a chemical wash over the brain, and as a result, some fibers are destroyed, some connectors that connect the right side to the left side, the right hemisphere to the left hemisphere of the brain. Now, the end result of that is that men are left brain dominant. Some of you think they're just brain damaged. But they are left brain dominant. That's the side of the brain where we, we think and speak and act without feeling. That's why men can blow a deer away and, and not even think about Bambi. Because it's not the feeling side of the brain that they're operating out of. And men, because of that chemical wash, men cannot, they can go to the right side but they can't go there quickly or easily. And see, on, that, on the left side is the logical, the analytical, the, the aggressive, the competitive side of the brain. On the right side is where we express our feelings. It's the, it's the side where we nurture and care for one another, and, and uh, we, it's the artistic side. So women can go either way. They can just as easily ac- access the left side or the right side. Uh, that's why women are so uh, good at relationships uh, is because they, they are right side dominant. They can go both ways. But they're that feeling side and that caring and that nurturing side. 
Uh, you see, men do one thing at a time. W- women, because they can switch back and forth, can do many things at one time. Remember about the waffle? Men are waffles, and, and uh, you got the boxes, and they put one thing in that box. I, I notice this with Lee a lot because uh, I'll be uh, eating my cereal, and uh, she will ask me, the, the television will be on, and she'll ask me, did you hear that? Well, no, I was eating my cereal. <laughs> See, I'm focusing on eating the cereal, and I'm not, but, but she can be cooking something. She can be uh, listening on television and talking to me, and she's, she's getting all of it. And, uh, and yet I miss a lot of stuff like that because she'll always say, did you hear that? Did you catch that? And then I, I look up at the TV and realize that, that I hadn't gotten anything because uh, I was simply not, uh, not focused. S- same way on, on the telephone. When I'm talking on the telephone, she will invariably come up and try to talk to me while I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> I can't handle that. I'm talking on the phone. Same thing when I'm watching the news. You know, I, I sit there in the chair, and, and I'm watching the 6 o'clock Fox News. And that's just, you know, I just like that. That's still my routine, and I want to know what's happening in the world. And, and she's cooking supper, and, but she's got to keep talking to me and asking me stuff while I'm focusing on the news. So, ladies, understand, because you can do many things at one time, men like to focus on one thing at a time understand that we're not only different by creation and different by chemical wash but we're also different by culture the american male has this macho image you know he's a man doesn't crack or cry and and he's in control he's the conqueror he's the hunter he's the fighter Uh, he's the loner he can leap tall buildings he can catch bullets in his teeth the truth is he can't do any of that The bottom line truth is the biggest battle men fight is the battle of adequacy. Most men feel inadequate to do what culture expects them to pull off. And his fear is that he can't pull it off, that he can't measure up, that he can't protect, that he cannot provide like he needs to provide. And so men struggle in that area. You know, uh, Ladies, I need to tell you this. Men are not the way they are because they're trying to drive you crazy. Believe me. It, it just comes naturally. It's the way we're built and it's the way culture pressures us. It's the way we're programmed. And we're programmed even from a little, a little boy. Now, men have to work at being gentle. They have to work at expressing feelings. They have to, it's hard for them to admit that they're wrong. Where little, little girls grow up entirely different, where they learn how to be intimate, uh, how to nurture and express feelings and, and relate to people, and, and that's what they do in all their, their, their playing. It's almost like a woman has an internal marriage manual as she grows up because she's an expert on relationships. That's why I say to you ladies, be patient with us men. Believe me, we're making some progress. I know we're not where you want us to be, but give us time. Note that there, we have made some progress and teach us how to do better at relationships because you know so much more about it than, than we do. Little, little girls, and of course, you know, with, with my two girls, 
they started playing wedding, dress-up wedding when they were little, little girls. And they did that all the way growing up. Not, not one time did I ever, when I was growing up, not one time did a little boy ever come knock on my door and say, could you come out and let's play wedding? <laughs> let's dress up and walk down the aisle. And, no. We're so different at that point, and, and so men need some help. Uh, men are, are visual, and women are verbal. You see, women think our marriage is fine as long as we can talk about it. Men think if our marriage must be in trouble if we have to keep talking about it. So we're just different. Men would rather eat dirt than talk about marriage issues. One lady said, uh, talking to man is like playing tennis with nobody on the other court. <laughs> because you just don't get the response uh, that you want. We're just different. Women love cats. But what women don't know is when they aren't looking, men kick cats. It's a waste of fur. <laughs> men are more external. Women are more internal. Men are activity-driven. Women are relationship-driven. Men get their identity in their work. If the man's job is going well, his life is going well. If his job isn't going well, his life isn't going well. And if you hate his job, you hate him because his identity is in that job where the wife gets her identity in relationships in her home and her family. That's why that house is so important to a woman. I'm telling you, she gets her identity there. And, and that's why, you know, uh, things just uh, have to be changed up a lot in, in the house. They, uh, men would just keep the same old stuff forever. Until it breaks, falls down, it's all right. Why should we get anything else? Last week, Lee came home. She was so excited. doesn't take her a lot to get excited. I mean, she can, she's either having a party or looking for a party. And I'll say a little more this morning because she's in Dallas. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, she's been over to Lisa's place, you know, over at the gift garden. And, uh, and, she, and she even, she had these things ordered because evidently they didn't have all of them. So she is so excited because she has some new dishes. And she shows me, she's so excited, she's showing me these cereal bowls that are kind of a, a red color and these others that are stripes, these light green stripe colors. And she's trying to convince me that they're, they're as deep as my old bowl. And, and then she shows me these new coffee cups that she's got me. And she's trying to tell me, you know, look at this cup. I mean, this is, these are so cute. I mean, they're so precious. I'm so excited. See, before she got there, I was sitting in a chair thinking, if, if we could just get some new coffee cups and some new bowls, oh, I would love it. But you see, it's so hard for me to get excited with her because, to be honest, I like my old coffee cup. It fits my hand. It's the right weight. So what if it has the bank insignia on it? I don't care. <laughs> we still got dishes we got when we got married. We got dishes in every cabinet. We got dishes we couldn't ever use. But what do we do? We got some new dishes now. 
See, we're just different. I've told you about the pillow situation, and it's improved somewhat. There was a time when we had 18 pillows on our bed. And every night I'm taking off those pillows and stacking them up. You have to stack them up neatly. Now we don't have quite as many, but they're bigger. Have these big pillows, and then we have different sizes, and we have one that's a heart design and one that's got these little bead-like things on it. Men have one head and need one pillow. But you see, women are just different, and they, you know, that's important to them because they, they see this stuff in magazines. And, and they think, you know, if I could just have a bed like that, they have this nesting deal anyway, you know, and uh, they just, uh, it, the bed's got to be so fluffy and, and uh, all these, these things. That, that's just uh, how they are. But the interesting thing is, when you get outside the house, the yard, they don't care about it. Not much. Now, they may do some the flowers, you know, they'll plant some flowers. And uh, I don't understand all about that either because, uh, you know, we keep, planting them and digging them up and planting them and digging those up and planting some more. Uh, and I don't understand all about that. I mean, you know, I want concrete in that area but my, myself. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking the other day, we, we've had a lot of rain around here, and we have a driveway that curves, and we don't have any, any friends who can handle a curved driveway, <laughs> including my wife at times. And they get off the concrete into the yard. Now, I'm telling you, when, when, you, when you get off in that, in, and it's really soft, I mean, it leaves a hole. I mean, it leaves a, a rut there that, that'll be there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And men don't like that. And women don't understand, what is the problem? Man, I didn't get, I didn't get off far. Well, you see the place that you left there, and, and you probably ran over a sprinkler and broke that sprinkler head. Why don't you stay on the concrete? Well, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Well, what if I came into the house with my muddy shoes on and walked across the carpet? Would that be a big deal? Woo! Don't you mess up my house. I'm saying, don't you mess up my yard. (laughs) You see, we're just different. And we have to understand and we have to try to blend those differences. When men are stressed out, they get quiet and pull away. They go to the cave. And uh, if if you mess with them before they're ready to come out of the cave, the dragon comes out. You understand about that? It's not, not a pretty sight. Women do the opposite. They get stressed out. They pull in. And they want to go to the couch. They want to be hugged and held and heard. And they want to talk it all out. And when they talk and talk and talk, then they, they feel better. If they cry a little bit, then they, then they feel better. They handle their, their stress. We're just different. Men are grumpy and they, they do grumbling. When, when, when a man's stressed out, he just grumbles. And when you ask him to do something, he'll just grumble all the way doing it. But don't worry about that. He's just working out his stress. He's still going to do it. He's just going to grumble out that stress where you talk and cry. He's going to be grumpy and, and, and grumble. You see, women talk to start feeling better. Men stop talking to feel better. Men are driven sexually. Women are driven emotionally. 
women choose to get to be turned on. Men are turned on automatically. Now, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to, to know what it takes to, to, to turn on a woman. Let me give you some help. Compliment her, respect her, honor her, cherish her, cuddle her, caress her, love her, stroke her, tease her, comfort her, protect her, hug her, hold her, spend money on her, a lot of money, buy things for her, <laughs> listen to her, listen to her a whole lot, care for her, stand by her, support her, hold her, go to the ends of the earth for her. If you want to turn on a woman, you know, she's like a crock pot. Men are like a light bulb. How do you turn on a man? Show up naked. <laughs> Some little lady just swallowed. <laughs> we are to accept our differences. We're to acknowledge them. We are to accept our differences. You are different. You're uniquely different. But you have the same, now you have the same last name. You share the same house. You sit at the same table. You sleep in the same bed. So deal with it. Learn to deal with it and make it good. Men are not from Mars. Women are not from Venus. Men are from Earth and women are for from earth. Live with it. Let's learn to get along. Listen to me, ladies. You were attracted and fell in love with your man because of the very traits that he possessed. And now you want to nag and criticize and change the very traits that caused you to be attracted to him and to fall in love with him in the first place. Men, you were attracted to the woman because of certain traits that she possessed. And you fell in love with her because of those traits. Now you want to straighten her out and shape her up and fix the very things that attracted you to her and caused you to fall in love with her in the first place. Isn't that true? So listen to me. If you start, and some of you may have done this already, if you start whittling away at the very things that brought you together, if you start whittling away at those things that you're opposite about, there come a time when you have nothing left but an empty shell. You will destroy the very uniqueness of the person that you love from the beginning. Because you see, understand that we all have strengths and weaknesses and that we all have these traits and these personalities and these temperaments. And that's what drew you together. That's what attracted you. Let me tell you something else. When couples divorce and they marry again, they marry the same kind of personality, the same temperament. They're looking for somebody with those same traits. Isn't it amazing? That's what, that's what we want. We want somebody opposite from us, somebody who's, who has traits and a personality opposite from us, and then we try to whittle away and try to change or fix that person to be like us 
and then we have an empty shell or we have another version of ourselves, and nothing is more boring and then we want out of the relationship. Tell you what God wants us to do. He wants us to understand that his strengths can cover your weaknesses and your weaknesses can be covered by his strengths. We can cover each other's weaknesses with our strengths. Where he is strong, you're weak. And where you're weak, he is strong. That's how we complement each other. You see, different does not mean right or wrong. Different does not mean good or bad. See, you do one thing one way and he does nothing the other way. I mean, it's tomato or tomato. It's, it, differences are not right or wrong. There is not one right way to roll socks. Now, since you women brought it up, let me tell you something. When men do something, why do you think you have to come and tell him the best way to do it? Just be grateful he's doing it and let him do it the way he wants to do it. It may not be as perfect as you'd like for it to be. It may not be the way that you think it ought to be done. But you wound his spirit because he's doing what you ask him to do and you come in there and laugh at him because of the way he's doing it. What's wrong with the way he's doing it? It's because he's not doing it the way you think it ought to be done. And there is no right or wrong way. Differences are not good or bad, right or wrong. Simply, they are different. One lady said, my father's advice when I married was, you're marrying a man, always treat him like a man, and he will always act like a man. Men excel when they're treated like men. Women blossom when they're treated like women. Dr. Laura asked, whatever happened to plain old kindness? A man takes care of his woman, and a woman takes care of a man. What a novel idea. You see, listen to me. God made men to be men, husbands, and fathers. God made women to be women, wives, and mothers. There is no one who can be a husband and a father better than a man. There is no one who can be a wife and a mother better than a woman. Children need a mama and a daddy in the home. Not a mommy and a mommy or a daddy and a daddy. Number three, we are to appreciate our differences. Number one, we're to acknowledge our differences. Number two, we are to accept our differences. And number three, we are to appreciate our differences. You see, each of us is a combination of, of traits, of strengths and weaknesses. No one has 100% of anything. No one is perfect. Each one is unique. And know that everything God does, God does on purpose. And he has your best interests in mind. God knew what he was doing when he made us different. He knew what he was doing when he made us so very, very different. God didn't mess up when he made us so different. God knew that if he made us different, we would be attracted to each other. We would fall in love with each other, and we would bring out the best in each other. That's God's plan. You see, God intended for marriage to be a refining process. 
You know, we are all hung up on being happy. God wants us to be holy. And one of the ways to make us holy, God designed marriage as a part of that refining process. Because, see, God wants to use marriage to teach us and to train us and to tenderize us and to test us. And I don't know of anything that will test you any more than marriage. Can I get a witness? I mean, marriage has a way of bringing issues to the surface. It's like when you squeeze a lemon. When you squeeze a lemon, what do you get out of it? Lemon juice? Uh, That's an opinion. You get out of it what's in it. And that's what happens when we're squeezed. What comes to the surface? Really who we are. And so marriage is a real test. And it's a refining process where God brings us the reality of who we are and what we need to work on. And he's processed a warning to make us holy. Because here's Lowry's law. Marriage will bring out the best in you are the worst in you, and sometimes both. Marriage is powerful. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So marriage is a refining process designed to bring out the best in each one of us. You see, when you rub iron against iron in the wrong way, you get sparks and it it causes heat. But when you rub iron the right way, it shapes and sharpens. And that's God's plan. That marriage would shapen us and sharpen us. It would, it would shape us in the kind of people God wants us to be. See what God wants. God wants you to validate the differences and value each other. Validate the differences and value each other. God wants you to celebrate the differences and compliment each other couple of warnings. Don't read gender into everything. Uh, It's a mistake to try to uh, genderize everything and and stereotype. Nobody wants to be uh, stereotyped. Uh, The lady said men are all the same. They just put different faces on them so you can tell them apart. Uh, That's not good. Stereotyping, no. And don't use your knowledge of the differences as a weapon against your partner. Uh, Don't take a little bit of knowledge and then try to uh, use it to get at your partner. It's not about one-upmanship. It's about oneness. Marriage is about oneness. So when we talk, and and, and listen to me, when when I talk about things unique to a man and unique to a woman, I'm talking about 80% of men 80% of the time, 80% of women 80% of the time. You also need to know there are many similarities. There may be more similarities between men and women than differences. We have our commonalities. We are made in the image of God. We belong to Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We are interdependent on one another. We are responsible to each other. We have responsibilities to each other. We belong to each other. So we're similar in many ways. Both men and women crave the same four things. Love, acceptance, understanding, and appreciation. Love, acceptance, understanding, and appreciation. Both men and women crave those four things. 
In Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. There are four commands. We know we're to love one another. But then these four commands, be kind, be understanding. In 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands, treat your wife with understanding as you live with each other. Be forgiving, be accepting. Romans 15, 7, accept one another. You owe it to each other. Here's the bottom line. I'm convinced that 90% of relational problems in marriage could be solved if, number one, we become more accepting and more understanding of each other. Number two, we stop expecting the other person to think and feel exactly like we do. They won't ever. Number three, we begin to appreciate the things that our mates bring to the table, bring to the marriage, bring to the relationship. Each person is valuable and brings certain things to that relationship. And number four, we take responsibility for communicating our own feelings and needs. If you will do those things, it will solve 90% of relational problems in marriage. If you'll learn to accept each other and not try to change or fix each other and celebrate those differences and compliment each other, then you can have a marriage that's a little bit like heaven on this earth. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 